Uh-oh, the friendly skies have gotten a little less friendly, but you need to keep flying. Why? I'll tell you why today. Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, your Terrorist Therapist, and I'm here to help you and your family reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. Well, um, what's going on today? We're all thinking about the uh, the new um, the new the latest uh, flight to crash into the ocean, Egypt Air. Um, remember the commercial that used to say "Fly the friendly skies." Well, they've gotten a little less friendly these days. Before today's um, latest event, we've had the shoe bomber. He brought down an airplane. We had the underwear bomber. He brought down an airplane. And now Egypt Air. Well, you know, everybody's searching around for um, what um, might have caused Egypt Air to crash. And there have been a number of um, uh, theories put out. One is a cockpit struggle. Because of the way that the aircraft swerved, it seemed like there might have been some kind of struggle inside the cockpit. And that the pilots might have been trying to control um, the another another possi possibility is that maybe they were trying to control an aircraft disabled by an explosion. But before we go further with all these different possibilities, you know, nobody seems to be mentioning, at least not what I heard, um, about an Egypt Air flight that crashed before this in 1999. In fact, on Halloween uh, in 1999, there was the crash of the Egypt Air 990. It was going from L.A. to Cairo, just like this one was going from Paris to Cairo. Well, um, what was the cause of that? Although it's, was, there was a lot of controversy, in fact, it turned out it was suicide by co-pilot, an Egyptian co-pilot. Now, this was 1999, before 9-11, um, and, you know, it wasn't, it was a little more difficult to think about um, the act being more of a terrorist act, but um, still, that's what it turned out to be, and yet I don't hear anybody, I, I haven't been able to find uh, what the nationalities are of the co-pilot, but regardless of the nationalities, I mean, it seems likely they would be from Egypt, <laughs> um, since it's Egypt Air. Um, regardless, certainly the, that needs, that's something that needs to be considered as one of the causes of the crash. Um, also, there have been some theories about a sudden impact. Maybe the plane was hit by an external object that knocked it out of the sky. Another possibility is technical failure, although many um, experts are saying that the way it crashed, is, it makes it very unlikely that it was technical failure, unless there was something in addition that was related to humans, like a cockpit struggle or human error or something. So I just wanted to bring up that, you know, our memories are short, and um, at least we need to think about suicide by pilot. Um, anyway, I know what you're thinking. Any plans that you made for um, coming up for the summer or perhaps a, a, a long weekend that's coming up, if you were planning to fly, I know you've been thinking that, uh-oh, uh <laughs> Maybe I should cancel my flight 
maybe I, I don't really have to go. Also, for those of you who are who you who fly a lot for work, um, are you thinking about getting another job, trading it in? Not not it's not worth risking your life for uh, for this job that maybe you don't like anyway. Um, you know, I, it's it's totally understandable that um, you would think about these things, but you need to keep flying, bottom line. And why is that? Not only is it that um, you might lose something uh, important to you, like a job that you like, um, like the fun of travel, whether it's for pleasure or work, like seeing your loved ones, traveling to see your loved ones. Um, those are not things that are worth giving up for the rare chance that um, you could be on a plane that for whatever reason crashes related to terrorism. The other reason, and a biggie, is because the more people who decide that they are afraid to fly and stop flying, the terrorists, of course, are going to be getting wind to, of that. They get to see, um, you know, the studies, the news, our headlines, uh, giving the latest statistics of how many people have canceled their flights or have just decided not to fly. And so what does that do? It gives them all the more reason to crash more airplanes, whether it's by pilot suicide, um, a suicide bomber in a sense, or by putting bombs literally on planes or being a shoe bomber, an underwear bomber, or whatever kind of bomber, uh, a valise bomber that gets loaded onto the plane. It just tells them this is the way to do it. This is the way to terrify the American public and the Western public. So these are all reasons why you need to keep flying, even though the skies have become questionably fr friendly. Um, let's talk about something else that has come into the uh, press lately, which is someone has leaked the, um, the rules that uh, the TSA uses for how to spot a terrorist. They had this list of rules um, that they were using. It was actually, uh, it's called the um, uh, screening of passengers by observation techniques or SPOT. And they have specifically trained behavior detection officers who use this. Now, the reason why it was leaked, <laughs> supposedly, was by a source who knew this list and he was concerned, he or she, was concerned about the quality of the program because some of these things seemed less than accurate or less than sufficiently accurate. In fact, some of them seem like things that you and I do all the time when we're going through the uh, security checkpoints. Um, they divided the list into those behaviors that reveal stress, those that reveal fear, and those that reveal deception. So, for example, um, behaviors that you might have that uh, they would interpret as showing stress would be if you arrived late for your flight. Well, <laughs> how many of you have arrived late for your flight? Certainly that's something that I have done. Um, if you avoid eye contact with the security personnel, that's considered stress. If you um, are, have excessive fidgeting, 
<laughs> that is stress. Now, it's true that these are signs of stress, um, but the thing is that we are all under so much stress um, because of terrorism and because of the fact that when we approach the security stress, the security stress line, that's it, the security check line, um, we, we become more stressed because that is when it, for many of us, that is the time when our denial is broken through because we suddenly remember, uh-oh, this, there is a possibility that we could um, be in danger if we fly or, uh-oh, <laughs> ever since 9-11, we've had to take our shoes off, things like that. So yes, we're reminded it's a trigger for PTSD. And so we're reminded of all these things. And yes, we're going to feel stressed out. Now, some of the um, points the, that they look at that resemble fear that tell them that we're feeling fearful are when we're constantly looking at other travelers, for example, or if we um, I don't like this, the line that, you know, we are uh, excessively, you know, let me see the exact words, excessive complaints about the screening process. Now that is me. I, let me tell you a story um, <laughs> that happened to me recently. I was flying and um, from, um, from LA to Atlanta, I think it was, or to New York. Now I can't remember, but in any case, it was, <laughs> it, oh yes, it was New York. I was flying from LA to New York and um, I was on a, I had gotten, fortunately, a TSA pre-check. And so I wanted to, now normally, I'm sure you've experienced this, in the past, um, if you carry your boarding card, your boarding pass, and an identity, or whatever you have in your hand, that you start to carry through the security checkpoint, they tell you to put it in your bags, okay? So, um, so this time I I did I put it in my bags and I get to the um, to this TSA people and I tell them <laughs> I t I've shown it to one person you know back back <laughs> right when I go through the line and so I tell them I'm at pre-check I don't have to do these things that they were asking me to do oh well where is your pre-check pass. Well, it's in my bags that are in the process of going through your screening, your radiation. They're getting radiated. Oh, well, I'm sorry. You'll have to, you know, we can't help you. You'll have to go through the line like everybody else. So, you know, <laughs> I felt like saying, um, and I probably, I think I did, in fact, say something similar to, you need to get your act together. I did tell them that in the past, I've always been told to put all my passes in, the, in my bags, and that's what I did. Anyhow, so I guess they were suspecting me. In fact, they did actually look at me. I mean, they were probably pissed because I was giving them a hard time. But I think they did look at me somewhat more suspiciously. So maybe they thought I was the girlfriend of a terrorist, in the harem of a terrorist, or whatever. And I did get extra attention in any case. Not good attention. Then um, for things, the factors that make them think about deception would be um, a disguise, wearing a, um, making, have, looking like you're wearing a disguise. Well, like, duh. Um, and you get certain points for these different uh, factors. 
So like, for example, um, if you're, if you appear to be in disguise, you get three points. Um, if you are some of the other things, you, you just get one point. So it, by the end, they add up all the points and they decide just how much of a risk you are. But some of the things are um, sort of questionable, like a bobbing Adam's apple, which presumably, you know, looks like either stress or fear. Uh, stress and fear are pretty similar, but anyhow. Um, <laughs> so if you have an Adam's apple, make sure it doesn't bob. Um, then there are things like exaggerated yawning, excessive throat clearing, widely open staring eyes, wearing improper attire for the location, whistling. Now that's the thing. I would tell you, <laughs> you know the song, um, uh, Whistle a Happy Tune? Um, my parents, when I, I'll never forget, when I was five and having my tonsils out, uh, my mother told me to sing this song on the way to the hospital. I will never forget that. When whistle a happy tune whenever I feel afraid. I whistle a happy tune. And <laughs> the happiness in the tune convinces me that I'm not afraid or something like that. Um, and so it kind of works because it, it takes your mind off what you're afraid of. But on the other hand, if you don't whistle it, you can whistle that on the way to the airport. But don't whistle it um, when you get too close to the TSA point checkpoints, or else they will suspect you of being a terrorist. Um, gazing down, exaggerated or repetitive grooming gestures. Uh, your face pale from recent shaving of a beard. <laughs> Rubbing or wringing of hands. I mean, obviously, I guess they're thinking that terrorists might want to shave their beard off to look less like terrorists, some of the terrorists. Anyhow, um, that these are some of the things that you need to know to, to avoid um, when you're going through the line, if you can. Um, I remember once when I was going on a flight to Israel. Israel, of course, has the best uh, security, both in terms of at the checkpoints and um, in their airports and just in general. I mean, it's known. And I was just listening yesterday to um, a, an interview of uh, someone who, the man who uh, organized, built, um, was involved with the, the um, Israeli, an Israeli airport and um, who was involved particularly in the security. And, um, he, he started to talk about it, and the, the interviewers did give him the acknowledgement that Israel does have the best security of everywhere, and then they tried to tell him that it was because Israel is a small country, and um, so these kinds of procedures wouldn't work in a big country like America, to which he said, he gave the example of Walmart, that in some stores, big Walmarts, they have, I don't know, 50 checkouts. I, I mean, I guess he was just trying to make a point. They have a lot of checkouts and um, checkout counters, you know. And um, in some Walmarts, smaller Walmarts, they have a smaller number of checkouts. But the process, the procedure, the thing that they use is still the same, whether it's um, a lot or a little. And so 
he was making the point that so what if there are more airports in America? You can still have them geared in the setup in the same way that the Israeli airports are to be much more secure. So when I was going um, from, it was from uh, New Jersey um, to Israel, they have, they have a special, a lot of layers. And so they do it more by actually talking to you not just the other kinds of things like putting your bags through, uh, <laughs> radiating your bags. Um, and so at the time, it, it was before 9-11. And, um, but still there was, of course, always the threat of terrorism. And so I was making an inappropriate joke about when he asked about what weapons I have. And I made some kind of joke about, you know, having... I don't even remember, having something in my bag. And he, he looked at looked me in the eye and he said, you do have a weapon, your mouth. <laughs> so I'm, I never forgot that, obviously. And um, it just, you know, at the time it kind of shut me up because to make me realize just how serious this whole thing is. And yes, you're not supposed to make jokes. And in fact, that's one of the things that the in now in, in America, um, TSA looks for making inappropriate jokes about terrorism, and you can get into real legal trouble for that. So let me give you uh, some tips. Again, the whole point of this is why you need to keep flying, even though the skies have gotten a little less friendly. And so um, here are my tips. First of all, don't cancel your flights whether it's for work um, or for vacation, don't let the terrorists win. Then just don't uh, exhibit the clues. I know, of course, it's hard for some of them because they are so typical of anybody feeling stress or feeling fear, but be aware of these, of these um, points that they look for and try not to exhibit any of them. And then I created a... Um, uh, a, a, a company called Shrink on Board. I'm the Shrink on Board, and um, I created an audio visual, uh, an audio video um, program called The Art of Relaxation. It was first played at, in Delta in flight entertainment, and then Finnair, and then other planes. And the whole point of it was to make people feel um, more comfortable on a plane, um, to not have whether you have fear of flying in general before terrorism or just now you're more anxious because really anxiety can have not only psychological effects like a panic attack um, but it can also have physical attack physical attacks yes like uh, if you the more anxious you feel you can get deep vein thrombosis um, or you can get a heart attack or a stroke and um, Obviously, these are things that you need to watch out for. So you can now um, get a copy of the um, audio um, or video program of the relaxation program to help you calm down. I use, I use guided imagery specifically geared um, for the kinds of anxieties that we're having today. And then, um, so you can take that along. And then, of course, if you have children that you're taking on your trip, you can read my forthcoming um, uh, book, Lions and Tigers and Terrorists, Oh My, How to Protect Your Child in a Time of Terror. But the main thing is you need to keep up flying, keep flying. 
because and yes of course would I feel terrible if you if you listen to this and you didn't cancel your flights and something happened to your plane yes I would feel incredibly guilty and terrible but you know what I'm okay with that because the chances are that that is not gonna happen good chances I'm Dr. Carol your terrorist therapist putting the monster of terrorism under the bed putting the light on it and putting it on my couch helping you to feel calmer.